The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Have you ever thought that a calling to missions or a career in business are mutually exclusive things, like they can't coexist? If so, you're going to want to hear about what God's been doing in Mukwenda Kendoli's life and business. Stick around. Welcome to Leaders Moment, brought to you by Vision Voice and FX Missions Podcasting. We encourage you to take this moment and use it to sharpen the saw of your leadership perspective and performance. We're bringing you interviews, stories, and more from leaders much like yourself who are taking action, learning, realizing potential, and getting results. Welcome back to the show. I appreciate you and I hope you're doing well. It's my hope that today's show will bless you, encourage you, and empower you to consider things from a little bit different perspective. As we hear from Mukwenda Kandole about his experience in missions, also in business, and as you're listening, pay special attention to how God is using him to minister to people in the marketplace. By the way, people in the marketplace, people in ministry, people in missions, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm interested to know how you found this show, maybe particularly this episode or the show in general. Please send me an email to scott at fxmissions.com, or you can just tap on the link in the show notes to let me know. Make sure you stick around to the end. I'll have a super quick update for you about my writing efforts. Hey, Scott McClelland here for FX Missions Podcasting. Very excited to have a, a you know a growing friendship here between myself and our guest today. I was introduced to him through a common friend who I didn't allow my impression of the other friend to impact my perception of him. <laughs> I'm only joking. Welcome, Mukwenda Kondoli. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Did I say it right, Mukwenda? I know I'm you saying did. your first name right because we talked a number of times, but I haven't used your last name that much, Mukwenda Kandoli. It sounds like you're probably from somewhere. Your family history is probably from somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> Absolutely, you know Kansas. You know, yeah, a little bit of Iowa in there. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you for being here. By the way, really appreciate you joining me here on the podcast. Tell me a little bit about where your family's from and your family history. Is Mukwenda a regular name where your family history comes from? And if so, what does it mean? Right. Well, I'll say this. There's a handful of Mukwendas out there in the world. A big handful or a small handful? A very small handful. 
But I actually met someone recently who said that they knew another Raquenna, which that's the first time that's ever happened in my life. And so I kind of want to set up a meetup and just have a Maquenda meetup. So where it comes from, my dad is from Uganda. My mother was from Pennsylvania. My dad had a kind of crazy story of conversion. He grew up in rulership of Idi Amin, and him and his family had to split as kids. But literally, he got born again because a man from Dallas, Texas, flew into Kenya, drove three days into Uganda, ran into my dad and presented the gospel to him. And that's how he got born again. He felt the call to ministry after that and went to Bible college where he met my mom, who she went to Rainbow Bible College. And then she went to Kenya and to help teach there. And that's where they met, fell in love. And then they married later and they moved to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where they planted a church. I believe the story went, my mom wanted me to just be a junior. My dad's name is David Condoli. And my first name is actually David. I go by my middle name, McQuenda. But our middle names are different. And my mom wanted me just to be a junior. But my dad apparently was like, no, like he's got to have his own name and or a unique thing to him. And so he prayed and apparently he did some research in his tribe is Toro in Uganda. He did some research and I think he was looking in his Bible, his Toro Bible. And I believe he saw the word apostle. They used the word Makwenda and Makwenda in his language means the sent one or apostle. If anyone knows any Swahili, Quenda is a verb, you know, to go. That's kind of where it kind of came out of. And yeah, my parents are very serious about my name. And so that's kind of where it came from. And it's funny because as I've grown up, I've had the pleasure to be able to serve in about 16 different countries since I was a kid and doing missions of various sorts and so in different ministries. So, you know, I think they had something on that name. They were something prophetic about that name. Right. Uh, one who was sent, right? Uh, one who was going. Exactly. Very cool, man. When I started to give you a hard time about your name, I didn't know it's such an interesting story there. I appreciate you unpacking <laughs> that, man. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good stuff. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm thinking we're touching on something of his grace there. So, and thank God for the grace he's got on your life. Now, you're a young man, especially compared to me. I'm not as young as I once was. But hey, uh, you're as young as you feel. Well, that's that might be why I'm saying that. I don't feel as young <laughs> as I used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankful to have made your acquaintance. And it's interesting to me, too, that a guy from Dallas, Texas, flew to Kenya and drove three hours into Uganda to find your dad. And here you are in the Dallas area a few years later. After your dad's conversion, I'm guessing that happened in the 80s or something. I, I don't know when your dad met the Lord. I think it was around the 80s, yeah. It's a surreal thing. Me and my dad talked about it. And then funny enough, when I moved, it was either the day or day before that I moved. It was a Sunday. My dad told me, he said, 31 years ago to this day, he moved to America to be a pastor. On this very day that I moved to Texas. So yeah, wow. it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Yeah. On, hey, the Lord's got something going in all this timing. Yeah, he does. He does. I know you've worked a lot. We talked some about your background in mission stuff and that, and you're also, I know, very involved in business. You're in business. You founded a business. You had some internships. You're, if you will, just to unpack a little bit for us about what you do in business. I was raised doing missions and. I think for a lot of people, including myself, 
I just had this passion and I believe it came out of my missions experience was, you know, if you asked me what I wanted to do, it was like, I want to change the world. I think for a long time, I didn't know what that looked like. It's such a broad goal or statement. And so it started for me, I started to like lean into certain interests that I had. And at the time during high school, it was business. And and so I had a real kind of interest there and then a developing interest for marketing coming out of high school, I, you know, worked at a golf car shop and they asked me, Hey, can you kind of run our Facebook account? And I really got into that. And for whatever reason, I just, there's something about it that I just got. I think part of it was that it was the purity of social media at the time. (laughs) I think for me, it was marketing is persuasion in many ways. I'm like, Oh, I can, I can put something out there and cause someone to be drawn or moves to mm-hmm. action. And I always equated that, well, if that's the case, then, oh man, if they can buy a product, they can make a difference. So that was kind of where the love of it came out of. I moved to Michigan right after high school and I was there for an internship at a missions organization, but they did marketing and advertising and storytelling like phenomenal. Like it was one of the reasons I, I, I joined them mm-hmm. was their level of excellence in that. It was honestly better than a lot of companies that I saw. And so I was just a sponge, just learning. And I got more interested. I started freelancing. And there was a gentleman from church that I went to for eight years in Michigan. And his name was Dan Cobb. And he has an advertising agency. He's been running it for 30 plus years and has a huge heart for God. It was part of the first passion of the Christ launch. You know, has done so many incredible things. He's worked with Chick-fil-A. He's launched Disney movies. He's done Papa John's is one of his clients now. He's done a lot. But he's a kingdom guy. He loves people and he's humble. And it was a combination I hadn't seen. And so it became an inspiration for me of how this advertising world works. After my two-year internship with that missions organization, I asked him, hey, can I intern with you? And I applied and I did the whole thing and, and they accepted me. And so I worked there for almost a year and it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And I learned a ton from that, you know, all the ins and outs of the business well, as it turns out, advertising is a very revolving business. And so <laughs> and you lose clients a lot. It just happens that way because you're dealing with people's emotions and people feel great one day. They don't feel great another day and they change mm-hmm. their minds very often and they want things. As much as people say that they're long-term thinkers, and a lot of them are not, they want short-term results. And right. so that leads to turnover. And so my whole department had to get laid off, unfortunately, because they lost some business. But he was in that room with me crying and he said, I'm so sorry. I did not see this coming. But he basically looked at me and he said, I think you're supposed to start your own thing. I think this is what you should do. And so I didn't burn that bridge. That was a lesson from my father. Like, don't burn bridges because you don't know when you need to cross them again. You know, I thanked him and I said, okay, what's this next step look like for me? And so I started my own company and I was doing a lot of marketing services, but a lot of it was around social media. I was doing content creation. I was doing a lot of different things over the years, but now what it's evolved to, and so I'll kind of sum up the past five years that I started doing a lot of different things. I was doing graphic design, photography, video, social media, posting a bunch of different stuff, consulting, but now I've condensed it to about three different things. So I focus on brand consulting video production and digital marketing for growing companies. So companies are looking to scale, looking to grow, and they just need the direction. They need a guide. 
and they need to figure out what their story is, who they are, and they're struggling with that. And so that's kind of where I play that role. And I've built out a great team of people who are strategic partners that, you know, were able to get the job done and be nimble and they're just fantastic at what they do. And so I've been doing that for five years and I've been really loving it. And I've been in some really incredible rooms and worked with some incredible people, whether it be businesses or nonprofits. Do you do work for nonprofits? Is that part of your portfolio is nonprofits? I do. I do. I've, I've worked with several over the years. I've worked with nonprofits that work within the foster care system. I'm working with a nonprofit right now in the DFW area that they support and are the advocate, almost like the first responders, if you will, for single mothers who are in low income, specifically furnishing their apartments or homes they get that, you know, maybe all their every dime or dollar or cent they have goes into the home, but they don't have mattresses. And so I'm kind of helping them build their brand foundation, if you will, and help them develop a game plan and a strategy to get more donor support and reach a younger audience. So different things like that. So I love doing that stuff. The more nonprofit stuff I get to do, it's fun. I enjoy it. I've done stuff with churches, but my main things are working with businesses and nonprofits. Awesome, man. I want to say again, thank you for being here. I probably got a question I'm going to ask you that may take the rest of our time together. It may not be something you've thought about, or you may have some very crystal thoughts on it. I don't know, but I haven't mentioned it to you before. Also, before I do that, I want to say thank you for your courage. I remember when I was probably in your age range, the first three businesses that I crash landed. You know, I mean, I started in several businesses as a young person. And I think in God's grace, you know, we know that we're supposed to take steps and we know that we're supposed to mm-hmm. be proactive and we're supposed to move out and make a mark. As you say, change the world, which, you know, you're changing a sphere of the world for sure by the grace that God has put on your life. So thank you for that. This podcast, a lot of our recent series has been on how faith has informed your approach to business, how that is uniquely impactful. But I want to kind of go in a different direction with you and kind of ask you, where do you see the faith business? I don't mean church and I don't mean missions necessarily. I mean, you know, business that is led by faith. I see you as a new kind of a new expression of a type of person in business that's being led by faith in your approach to business. And I think that in the way that you are representing this, it's kind of a new expression. Have you thought about that? You know, that's a follow-up question on that would be, how do you think that's going to impact the business and the faith environment in the future? Do you see yourself as a forerunner? I would hope so. It's always been my intention to to look to the future and to definitely model something with my life. I think even if it's just for my next generation that comes after me, like my kids in the future and their my kids' kids, those different things, mm-hmm. yeah. especially in the realm of my parents are still in full-time ministry and God has provided for them. We know what it means to have little, and like just like Paul, have little, have much. We've experienced it all, right, Philippians? Yes, sir. There's nothing wrong with asking for donations, asking for money. I've never seen a problem with that. But I will say one thing that has bothered me growing up was, and again, we don't determine 
the success or the harvest, right? God's the Lord of the harvest. But I guess mm-hmm. it was always bugging me, like, why wasn't it always a struggle with finances or resources? And like, could it look different? I read a book two years ago that actually, that book actually helped me to double my revenue because it really was all about my thinking. Do you mind mentioning what book that was? Yes. John Bevere, he wrote a book called Multiply. If you see the cover of the book, it has a big X on it. And basically, I'll tell you the premise of the story, and then I'll get into how it changed me. He wrote this book because he had one of his partners, and if you don't know who John Bevere is, him and his wife resourced the church with materials, books, courses now to help grow their faith, to help grow the body and grow church leaders. They give millions of resources for free around the world. And one of his main donors, very wealthy man, they went golfing. They were talking and they said, hey, you know, he told John, John, I'm worth almost $10 million. My family doesn't have to work for the rest of their lives. You know, why should I keep going? Why? You know? And so John thought about it. And then he turned back to him and he said, well, you know what we're doing around the world, right? My family's financially taken care of. Like, we're set. We're good. And the impact we're making, should I stop? Should I just kind of slow down? And the guy said, oh, no, you shouldn't. And he said, why not? He was like, well, because God will have something to say about that when you get to heaven of you slowing down. And he turned back to the guy and said, and the same to you. And his whole thing to him was, you don't see what you're doing as ministry. You just see it as God will bless me with this so I can have some money. And then when later in life, I'll give it away. You don't see that as sacred. And I realized for me, business was interesting with me having a ministry background as far as with a family, because I only equated ministry stuff as ministry. So for me, business, honestly, in a sense, there was not a lot of joy in it because I felt like it was getting in the way. The only significance I saw was like, oh, I'll make enough money and the extra I'll be able to give, which that's a big part of it. Sure. But not realizing, you know, when Paul makes this comparison of the body of like, hey, the arm can't say to the leg, I don't need you, right? Like all these different scenarios that me being in this role and doing what God's called me to do, that number one, what God calls success is obedience. And the reason I, I say that is because for me, success changing the world. I thought that was living in Africa. I thought it was going to different countries, and which I still do. But God had a different path for me. And had I not listened to that path and done what I felt was a success, it actually wouldn't have been a success. It would have been rebellion. Because at the end of the day, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, success in God's eyes is not our results. The success in God's eyes is full obedience to what he's told us to do. Let me ask you a question. This is going to be a little bit of a curveball. And I don't want to lose our threading because I'm really loving the heading you're going on. But it occurs to me as you're saying this that there may be people listening right now who are in full-time ministry. We're putting some quote marks out there. Mm -hmm. Because as you're characterizing it, being in full-time ministry is being obedient. That is what that's about. Not so much your role or your position or those kinds of things, but there probably are people listening to this who may be in full-time ministry right now disobediently. Right. Absolutely. If you were serious about God, you looked for an opportunity to be in full-time ministry in quotation marks. In other words, a pastor or a traveling evangelist 
or something like that, or some a missionary overseas. But I think that's what you represent about a new generation that's coming that and how you represent something of a forerunner that you're recognizing that obedience is full-time ministry, maybe with a different role or a different title or a different expression, but still in God's eyes, it's still exactly obedient. It is investing ourselves in where we're being led. Right. I have a lot of friends who've gone to different missions, organizations, or experiences, whether it be a few months or a year or whatnot. And they're great. They're amazing. Back in where I'm from in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, like everyone goes to like the same schools, the same ministry schools, mission schools, discipleship schools, and they're amazing. I have found though the transition coming out is hard because you come from this real high. And then you go back to quote unquote reality and you're like, well, this isn't changing the world. This is exciting. I'm a barista, you know, like, you know, (laughs) and I love those organizations, but I've always felt in some ways there needs to be a better job done to help people make that transition. Because again, for me and where I was even getting to, I think the new wave of whether it's entrepreneurs or whatnot is that you live your life not... My dad told me this one time, and it really helped me. He said, McQuenda, you're acting as if your destiny isn't now. You're acting as if it's somewhere in the future. Like, no, no, no. Every interaction, every day, every experience, that is you walking in your calling. It's in the everyday moments. It's not just these mountaintop huge experiences. And it took me a long time to realize that, to understand that when I help a business owner or a nonprofit leader, I'm walking in my calling. When I'm able to help them to increase their revenue or whatever it may be, or to get more done, I am walking in my assignment because that's what God called me to do. And that should bring me joy. You know, Jesus even said, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross and endured the shame. He endured the shame because he finished his assignment. I heard someone say once, it really impacted me. He said, Jesus actually did not fulfill his potential. Jesus only fulfilled his assignment. Because, I mean, Jesus' potential was endless. He could have overthrown Caesar. He could have, right. I mean, he even told people, I can call now legions of agents if I wanted to right now. This whole thing be over. But he came there for a very specific assignment in 33 years, and specifically in a three-year period. And I guess I say all that to say, I think the heart of it is to be like, God, wherever you place me, I'm going to steward. I'm going to multiply. It's like the parable of the talents. What God calls faithfulness in scripture is multiplication. It's whatever you've given me. If it's, hey, you told me to be a barista or you told me to be a business or you told me whatever that may be, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to expand it because if I don't, what did he tell the person that hid and just saved what they had? He called them a wicked fool, right? Yeah. And I want to hear, well done, get a faithful servant. And again, I love missions. I still travel. It's yeah. not about not doing those things. I think it's more a matter of like, all of it is sacred before God. And so if you treat it as sacred, you get more and you see more. I mean, I've been able to see business partners that I've worked with come to Christ. I've been able to witness and pray for my clients. 
I've had yeah. CMOs of large companies cry for whatever reason. They don't even know why. They're asking me deep questions because the spirit of God is in our room. Yes. You know, like in our conference room doing a meeting, like we're supposed to be carriers of this. Who are we to say how God will use us and where God needs us to be? We need to be where he's called us to be, wherever that is, and not to minimize a certain job or function or business opportunity and not take it as what we think is face value because God is always doing something, right? Isaiah 43 talks about that. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. But the next part is I'm doing a new thing, but can you perceive it? (laughs) It's not that he's not doing something. It's that you just can't see. So the, the real prayer is God, open my eyes to see what I can't see. Why did you place me here? Have we even asked God that question? Are we just complaining? (laughs) Uh, You make a good point, bro. Thank God for what you've shared with us there. I really think that there's a big point there that a lot of times we're trying to fulfill our potential when we should be trying to fulfill our assignment. That's some very clear messaging right there. That might be the title of your next book. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Very clear wording. I really thank God for the perspective he's given you to see this the way you have. And I think it's because you've been seeking him to get the perspective that he wants to show you. So I praise God for that. And for your friendship, man, I'm looking forward to continuing to get to know you. I want to backlink that book. I think you said it was Multiply by John Bevere. I want to backlink that. And I also want to get from you, if someone wants to follow up with you or, or has a question, Maybe somebody wants to see your marketing portfolio or they want to know more about you specifically. How can we get them in touch with you? The best ways in my website where you can see my portfolio and the links to my social media are at my website, sparkyourbrand.me, S-P-A-R-K. And then my personal social media is McQuenda, M-U-K-W-E-N-D-A underscore Condole, K-A-N-D-O-L-E on Instagram. And yeah. Send me a message. We'll love to chat with you, pray with you. You know, honestly, a lot of this is, like you said, it's been out of seeking. It's been out of definitely years of disappointment. But anytime I get a revelation from someone, it's typically birthed out of a trying season. In some ways, there was something attached to it that, hey, this one revelation, if I can save someone the pain (laughs) that it took me to go through to get that, the need to get that revelation, you know, I would love to. Yeah. And I think you are, man. You are doing that. And I think that's going to be the outcome and probably a big part of what your contribution is. We want to learn only as much by our own pain as can't be learned any other way, right? (laughs) I mean, let's learn what we can (laughs) pain-free. Absolutely. Why not? Lord, make the most of this pain someone experienced by (laughs) helping more of us not be in unnecessary pain. We don't want to learn things the hard way that aren't necessary to learn that way. Absolutely. Thank you, bro. You know, on a side note, I'll probably get you to mentor me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I was telling my wife yesterday, I feel so out of sorts in the Instagram space, but I mean, I obviously can take a picture. Anyway, that's a separate conversation for the next time we have coffee. I got you, man. Absolutely. I'm already learning a lot. Well, let's just say this. There's a lot of pain, but not a lot of learning (laughs) when it comes to The revelation hasn't come yet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting on that revelation to come. 
Well, bro, thank you again for being here. Blessings to you. And we'll look forward to catching up with you downrange too, as the Lord continues to open doors for you. We'll backlink your site and your Instagram and let's catch up for a coffee soon. Blessings to you, bro. Love that. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. I know I say it every time, but I do really appreciate you and thank you for listening. I do have a couple of updates for you uh, since you've made it all the way to the end, uh, as my appreciation is uh, very heightened. <laughs> Here are a couple of updates. If you've been listening for a while, you, you know that I'm a recently published author in the last year or so. Uh, what you might not know is that we're in the process of putting the finishing touches on the second book as this is being recorded. So probably by the time you hear this, the second book is going to be out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Going Deeper in God. If you're interested in going deeper in God and you want to hear more in terms of depth of my point of view, maybe what I'd have to contribute for that, I would love for you to check me out at in Scott mcclelland.substack.com in scottmcclelland.substack.com probably there's a link at the show notes as well but if you will check me out there for future and free updates that you can keep up to date with the book effort and i would really love to get that in front of you and get your point of view also as mentioned before the from the forefront podcast was twilighted in order for me to follow some clear direction that I've had in terms of focus and efforts specifically about writing. So we want to make sure and focus on what God is blessing and what he's leading us to do. And we've invited folks from the Forefront Podcast listeners over here to uh, stay up to date. Please do let us know how we can serve you better or what you liked or didn't like about what we uh have put in front of you today. I'm really thankful for Mukwenda and his friendship, as well as his contribution here. I think it was unique. He said some things I hadn't heard before. Please let us know at scott at fxmissions.com what your thoughts are. And please also, as we are closing here, pray for myself and for the team, the folks that have a contribution to get it in front of you every week with excellent production value. Uh, pray for us that we'd have a real clear focus clarity of vision as well, and supernatural wisdom and creativity. If you could do that for us, we would deeply appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of the Leaders Moment podcast. We also want to say thanks to Vision Voice, our sponsor, and encourage you to check out their website at visionvoice.us. Also, if you haven't already, please visit leadersmoment.org slash follow to have this podcast and future ones delivered to your favorite podcast app every time we publish. Thanks again.